0: Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CE curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives.
1: Hello, I'm Marwan Sabath, professor of neurology at the Barrow Neurological Institute. I am also a behavioral neurologist. Joining me today is Dr. Sharon Cohen and Dr. Richard Isaacson. Dr. Cohen.
0: Hi there. I'm a behavioral neurologist at Toronto Memory Program. I'm the medical director here.
2: I'm Richard Isaacson. I'm a preventive neurologist at the Institute for Neurodegenerative Diseases in Florida, and that's in Boca Raton, Florida. Thank you both for joining me today.
1: Uh this topic is gonna to become relevant because you all three of us know our workflow is changing it's changing rapidly. We've already discussed the idea of using biomarkers. We've now started to understand the, the new treatments uh from a conceptual standpoint, but now we have to actually take those conceptual standpoints and build them into our workflow and our framework. Dr. Isaacson, how are the new drugs used to manage mild cognitive impairment caused by Alzheimer's disease? used in clinical practice and used in your clinical practice?
2: So I, I think of the answer to this question kind of two ways. One is how do we view the use in terms of the physician and the clinical practice and the, you know, the staff members of the practice and the and the allied healthcare professionals. And then I think about things in terms of the actual patient and the family members. So when it comes to the practice, um, you know, there really needs to be um, a structure in place when using these drugs and uh, resources and infrastructure to basically not only provide the drug in a careful, uh, metered and, and, you know, uh, you know, accurate, safe way, but also not just to infuse the drug, because these are IV infusions either once a month or uh, every other week, depending on the individual drug, but it's also the the safety and the monitoring. And, you know, in, in our practice and, you know, and in the colleagues that I work with, um, really the whole uh, crew needs to get together and say, how do we... Um, make sure to mitigate against the potential risk of side effects and how do we infuse this in a safe way? How do we make sure we have communication channels? Um, is the patient doing okay? Is the, are there headaches? Are there anything? Cause you know, we're, we're excited about the steps that we've taken and you know, um, the efficacy is there and it's better than we've ever had in terms of anti-amyloid therapies. And this is great, but you know, doctors take an oath and that's do no harm. And these drugs can be given safely and they can be given carefully, but you know, getting in place, when do the MRIs have to happen? When is the infusion? What is the dose? Oh, what if someone misses a dose? What do you do next? What are the different protocols? Up, oh, we see some, uh, you know, vasogenic edema. We see some AR. What do we do? Who do we call? What is the communication workflow? Who in the clinic does this? Which which staff does what? So I think that's one thing. And the second part is, you know, being realistic how does this work for families and patients and travel? Is is someone close to the clinic? Does someone have to travel in? Is it a train ride? Are they leaving for summer vacation? What happens if you miss a dose? When do you restart it? So I think um, this is really a whole new era of conversation and communication between healthcare providers uh, and the patients and families. Thank you, Dr. Eisen.
1: Dr. Cohen?
0: Yeah, I think setting expectations at the outset are so important. What are we going to uh, get out of this drug? How uh, much commitment do we need to make? How long-term is the therapy? So that you you have some buy-in from patient and family. Um, and you need to do things differently than what we've traditionally done. So these new drugs and and treating patients with these new drugs has nothing to do with how we've treated patients with Alzheimer's before. This is not a pill. This is, uh, you know, in intravenous infusion, we need infusion centers, we need to monitor for uh, infusion-related reactions. Um, With cholinesterase inhibitors and with memantine, we didn't use MRI for monitoring for safety. Now we need to do that. Um, And with, with the symptomatic treatments, we were looking to make people a little bit better, at least temporarily. Here, we're hoping to make them as you said, Dr. Sabah, less worse, you know, to slow down progression. So how do you monitor for that? So it really takes some rethinking. And our patients can have multiple medical problems. They can be on a number of different medications. And we need to think carefully about who are the best candidates and who might have increased risks. If people are on blood thinners, if uh, people show up in the emergency room with what looks like a stroke, are our colleagues in emergency medicine going to be Uh, knowledgeable enough to handle this. So, uh, you know, I agree with Dr. Isaacson. The communication, not just between uh, practicing physician and patient, but with the rest of the medical community is really vital. You need to know that you have an MRI facility with radiologists who are going to report the kind of information you need, do the MRI sequencing that's going to be valuable, in following patients that emergency medicine colleagues are going to know how to identify ARIA and and what to do or not to do. Um, so it's an exciting but challenging new era. And, and I welcome uh, these new medications. But we're going to have to up our game. And we're also going to have to make sure that our patients don't miss an opportunity because we haven't diagnosed them early enough. So encouraging colleagues to refer patients early, Um, making sure that we confirm a diagnosis of Alzheimer's and don't just let someone with mild cognitive impairment fester until they get worse and maybe are no longer eligible for a drug. So lots of challenges, but lots of opportunities.
1: I want to pick up on both of what you said. I will tell you that in our practice, our workflow has actually changed already and quite significantly. We've dot phrased this and we have a dot work uh, uh, dot phrased It has a checklist. They want to make sure the MRI is done. They the checklist has how many microhemorrhages at baseline. What is the APUE genotype? How did you confirm the uh, amyloid status? Is it with CSF or PET? What was the result? Uh, Did you confirm the diagnosis? Uh, So even before I ever write an order form for uh, the monoclonals, uh, we've already done a a checklist to ensure that all the appropriate safeguards are uh, have been. Put into place. You know, we now have this new website uh, that just came online less than a month ago, the CMS.gov. Fortunately, our checklist seems to reflect a lot of what the CMS.gov website is saying. But the practice flow, workflow in the Alzheimer's space, particularly with Alzheimer's, is, is changing. Mild cognitive impairment, it is changing, changing w- rapidly and significantly. And how we did things before is not going to how we do things in the future. I do want to say one more thing, which is uh, despite our excitement and enthusiasm, in my experience, most patients would not get the medication too severe. They have a pacemaker. They can't get an MRI. They have severe microhemorrhages. A lot of reasons for them not to get uh, the monoclonal, not that they do get the monoclonal. So we hope that a lot of people will have this access, but it may not be as many people as we originally hoped. And with that, I thank you both for joining me today. I hope this audience, you learned something today. I look forward to speaking with you all again in the future.
0: You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME, LLC, and is part of our Minute CE Curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com slash CME. Thank you for listening.